I'm Shannon Paradis, your host and founder of Learn, Laugh, Leap. I'll be bringing you content about self-discovery, how people find their purpose, live joyfully, and make an explosive impact on those around them. The podcast at its core is centered around health and wellness, but I want to start by learning from people that light up my life personally, laugh a lot, and then I want to have conversations with people that change the way we dream and empower us to leap forward. I'm so excited to take you on this journey with me. Let's leap in. I'm super pumped about today's topic, feng shui. Am I saying it correctly? Yes, you are. Okay. <laughs> Before I met Kanika, the owner of Heaven and Earth Feng Shui, honest to goodness, I don't know if I had ever heard of it before, but in doing a little bit of my own research, it falls right in line with our podcast theme of well-being. I'm so curious to learn more about how Feng Shui can improve our lives through our environment, and I'm excited to have Kanika here with me today to explain more about the art. Welcome, Kanika. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah. So share your story and background. How did you get into feng shui? I think I was destined to be uh, be associated with feng shui. I was uh, working in Wells Fargo, and um, things were getting hectic with kids, and I decided to take some break. And that's when my husband found out that there was a feng shui school because I was always reading feng shui books around him. So... Mm. <laughs> You know, he, he and, and there's a feng shui um, kind of parallel in India, which is called Vastu. So I was really interested uh, in reading about that, too. Did and this stem from your parents at all or some nope. relatives? This was all on your own. It was all on my own. I was just interested in knowing how our environment really affects us. And the more I read about it, the more I understood that it was more scientific as opposed to um, just a make-believe thing. Mm-hmm. And so once I got enrolled into Wind and Water School of Feng Shui, which is the only uh, school of Feng Shui in Minnesota. No way. Yeah. Um, Where is it? They're in Bloomington. So, okay. But it's a fantastic school, great teachers, um, and uh, I did my certification program from there. And after that, there was no looking back. I just finished my program, and I just started working with clients. So how long have you been a consultant? So I graduated in 2012, which was the year of a dragon, which is a very oh. powerful thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, what is the year of the dragon? So, you know, in feng shui, every animal has a year, or every year is associated with an animal. Okay. So, you know, I'm born in the year of, I think, ram. Okay. And everyone is born in the year of something, but but every so often there is a year of dragon, which which repeats itself, which is the most powerful year. Okay. Which was last in 2012. That's crazy. Yeah. So when is the next one? Do we know? So in 12 years again. Okay. Cool. Um, 2024. Yeah. So people actually uh, want to have kids in the year of dragon in China because it's powerful, and they do well and whatnot. So. Yeah, I graduated from the Wind and Water School of Feng Shui, and after that, I just uh, started working with clients. I did not take this very seriously up until a couple years when my kids were a little bit older, Mm -hmm. so I could focus more on this. So what is Feng Shui? In a nutshell. So, yes, I I I know. I there I can I can talk this entire episode about <laughs> what is feng shui, but uh, yeah, it's it's feng shui is actually a pseudoscience that originated from China, and um, 
basically what it believes in is connecting people with their destinies so you know there's energy that harmonizes you and your environment and that's what feng shui focuses on okay literally it means uh, wind and water okay so literal translation of feng is wind and shui is water and so it it is basically arranging things in your household as per certain principles which bring harmony prosperity wealth happiness there is just no end to that list. It's amazing. This is really cool. What other spaces besides households have you worked on and what are the like realms of possibility for spaces? So feng shui is basically a space-based thing. Okay. So I usually um, work on people's homes, people's businesses, um, and then also you can do feng shui on land. So if somebody wants to build a home on a certain piece of land, we can find out if that's how that's going to work out, where can be the entrance, how they can plan it for maximizing their prosperity. Wow. Have you done one of those before? The land, yes. I have uh, had a few clients who have uh, consulted me before buying a land. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Okay, so when somebody <clears throat> walks into your home, and I know you just <laughs> got into your new place, but... If a feng shui consultant walked into your house, would they know, like, yes. oh, this is so feng shui? Yes. In <laughs> fact, if any of my clients walked into my home, they would know, oh my gosh, this is the red color of relationship on the wall. This is the color of wealth she has in, in the wealth section. Yes, they, they will know right away. I have, uh, my home is very feng shui, and, um, y- you know, it's, it, when, I, when I work with clients, I cannot have them incorporate all of that in a few meetings or a few sittings or a few sessions because because it's it can be stressful for them. It can be stressful for kids, for animals. Too much change, too much free flow of energy mm-hmm. if they're not used to it. But um, I think we have reached a point in our household where everybody is comfortable with, uh, you know, that feng shui energy now. Okay. So we're able to incorporate more because for clients, I always take one step at a time, especially if they have kids or animals. I don't want to do too much because that energy can be disturbing. It can affect their sleep, their eating patterns, or just their temperament. So interesting. Yeah. So because this is a new home, what is the the thing that you're most excited about in the arrangements of your house? So there were a few things that I could not do in my previous home that um, I, I just couldn't put them together. Like I, I always wanted a fountain outside my home because having a fountain outside your front door is just amazing for feng shui. It, hmm. you will, uh, it, it, it reaps in a lot of... Um, happiness prosperity wealth intellect it's it's amazing and in my previous home i could not i did not have a space to have a fountain outside my front door yeah now i do (laughs) (laughs) yes yes i want it running right now it is that was the first thing um i had to get it started (laughs) i want to put fish in it now which is uh which we me and my husband are talking about how that's gonna happen (laughs) so i read that on your facebook page the heaven and earth feng shui page fish tanks or fish bowls what what do those do for your well-being i guess so fish basically has a, a very very powerful significance in feng shui if you place fish tanks or fish in the right areas of your home 
you can actually be protecting yourself from a lot of negative energies. So if the fish dies in the process of you taking care of them, that that means they've absorbed some bad energies oh. from your home, and so you and want it to so, die. Well, you but you also want them to take. You want to take care of them. You don't yes. want to leave them in dirty waters because that's going to reap bad feng shui. Right. But uh, fish's significance because fish is directly associated. A fish tank has pretty much all the elements of feng shui, which is water. Um, you should have some metal. Metal is basically the fish tank okay. element. Um, Fish itself is fire. Uh, water is water. There's air in it. And, you know, the stones or the plants make up for the earth. So it's a very complete, um, you know, kind of a sanctuary for your home, yes. which has everything in one place together. That is why it's so powerful. So do you have fish right now? I do. Okay, so they're inside. They're and inside. And you also the want them outside. I do want them outside, but I do also know that it, it living in Minnesota where the the water is going to freeze yeah, in right? the winter. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work yeah. out, but I'm pretty sure we're going to find a way to work. <laughs> we'll make it work. Yeah. So is there a certain kind of fish that you should use? No, nope, any fish is fine. Okay. Literally any fish. Basically okay. just very basic goldfish just does the trick to you don't have to buy very expensive fish um okay. it's um whatever fish works okay and what about plants do plants play any sort of role in feng yes. shui uh, plants actually um signify um uh, the element wood in feng shui okay so if um and there are certain areas of home which i can't go in details right now uh, according to the bagua map of the home which should be wood dominated so having plants in those areas of home can actually help clear the energies of if somebody's had an argument at home because those things linger on mm -hmm. arguments fights um just screaming or having a bad phone conversation you know with kids mm -hmm. um this can be a part of every household right so to clear so plants clear off that energy really fast okay. if they are placed in actually the sections that dominate dominate wood okay so let's go back you mentioned the bagua map yes. which i had also <laughs> read about talk to us about what the bagua map is uh when i uh, do consultations for the families i um, usually take their floor plan of their home and I place my Bagua map. Bagua map basically means dividing your home into nine sections. Okay. And they are evenly divided into squares and they just go everywhere from career, health, relationship, fame, um, happy beginnings, family, knowledge. So all these sections are divided. Okay. And every, every section of your home is a certain space of that element or okay. that category okay and so if somebody is having problems with their kids not being able to focus in studies we work on the knowledge section of the house and we do stuff over there and then every section in bagua every category is also dominated by a certain element and a certain color okay so all of them have a certain color to them and a certain element to them and that's why when we were talking about wood wood is dominated by three of them so you know having wood in those places is really good when someone's home is done let's say you do the whole house layout each room has its own sort of category that it fits yes. into yes and so that's going to be a certain color yes okay yes 
So sometimes uh, th- th- this is where it gets a little confusing because, for example, your bedroom. Now, bedroom is love and relationship. And it, it, now your bedroom can be literally in the section of your knowledge area. Now, knowledge is dominated by the color blue, but, mm. but your bedroom should ideally for relationship stuff should be dominated by color red. So I often get asked by people, what should we do? So I always go by, by the color of the Bagua, you know, mm-hmm. the color that Bagua states. Mm-hmm. But also, it, there's no harm in having a little red in the room. It could be a nice mix of the two, but predominantly... Do you have like a heart-shaped bed that's all I red? I do oh, not, <laughs> Shannon! <laughs> I was just envisioning this like shag carpet, red, and, and I cushions. did... <laughs> And I also read that on your page, and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, if I put anything pink in our bedroom, my husband would kill me, but red is okay. Right. Right now, our bedroom is so dark and drab, like it could definitely use a little bit of color. Yeah. So, okay, what kind of stuff do you recommend? So, um, for for example, love and relationship, and I really, I just recently wrote a huge article on love and relationship on on my page too, but um, in a nutshell... Red is basically the color of fire. So you don't want too much red in your bedroom either because that can augment uh, arguments and, and, you know, it's not good. So you need to have a little bit of yin and a little bit of yang. So you have to have a combination of those two. I usually um, will put red accents in my room. So maybe have some red cushions, not heart shape. You could have heart shape. (laughs) Nothing too dramatic. Okay. Or I'll have red blinds and then, or Ooh, a small red rug. Like that. Yeah. Okay. But the rest of the stuff, my the color of my walls is pretty much creamish. Um, and, you know, that works just well because you need to have kind of a balance there. You cannot have overwhelming colors in the room. All right. So it's it could be something subtle. It should be something. It should, it should be, be subtle, subtle. But a few accents of red here and there will just do the trick. Does feng shui actually work? Okay, this is, I, you know, this is a question that I get um, asked a lot by people. Um, and I always tell them that, um, you know, in, in China, uh, where things, these things have come out from, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, acupressure, these things have all originated from Asia. And people in West have just very recently started accepting them. And they work great. If they weren't working, we wouldn't have acupuncture, acupressure, or mm. Chinese medicine, which people are literally taking these. Or homeopathy from India. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are working. The science hasn't proven anything about them, but they work. And so feng shui falls into a similar category where um, it is a pseudoscience. It is, um, it is very lucid. It's, it doesn't have boundaries. It's not very scientific, but it is logical. It has mathematics to it. Um, it has compass to it. So it works in ways which we cannot even imagine. And it's very, very powerful. Hmm. So it does work, yes. What have your clients said to you after, you know, they've had a full revamp on their home or their office? So, you know, um, now this is also very interesting because um, a full revamp of anything can initially be very overwhelming, like I said. Sometimes if you're used to living in a certain kind of an environment, you're, you, you train your senses 
to feed off of that. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly there's a change which can be really good or really bad. So initially, um, and this is what I tell all my feng shui clients, to expect a little bit of a, an upheaval. It's not going to be hunky-dory right away. Mm -hmm. It's going to take time for you to kind of adjust to these new things. But once you're adjusted, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a great road from there on. And there's prosperity and health and wellness going forward. So any really good success stories, even if it's your own? You know, I have so many success stories and I, and I love sharing that's them awesome. with people. Yes. And it's very, very gratifying to, in fact, that's the best part of feng shui for me when I get these emails back from people who tell me how this thing just worked magically for them. I have had a family that I worked with who were not able to conceive a baby for nine years. Nine, Nine years. years. Oh they were gosh. trying, and we did feng shui, and they were able to get pregnant in three months from the day we no way. From initial consult till they were able to get pregnant. And then there was another lady whose business was just falling. Wait a apart. minute. Let's go back to the <laughs> conception. Okay, so did you redo their whole home, or no, was it one no, space? No, it was just their relationship area that I worked on. Okay. Can you like go into specifics about what you did? You know, there's a, there, there were a lot of things we did. And um, of course, getting the clutter out of the way is the first step to anything. Okay. And uh, that will clog, clog your energies, no matter what you're trying to do, whether it's business, children, health, wellness, career. If there is clutter in your home, you can't get to the next step. You okay. have to get the clutter out first. Okay. Because uh, your body and senses feed off of that clutter. So mm -hmm. if you are giving it that to feed on, that's what it's going to keep producing in your mind. And it's a vicious catch-22 So you're situation. talking about mental clutter or physical clutter? Physical clutter. Okay. Physical clutter will take care of your mental clutter automatically. Okay. It's magical. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. <laughs> so uh, we just did some uh, adjustments to their bedroom. Uh, we did some very powerful ceremonies with Sage and Palo Santo. Um, and I gave them some, um, some, some ceremonies to do on their own on full moon nights. And they did all of that very religiously. It's hard. You know, it's not an easy road. You just can't. Um, expect there to be uh, magic overnight. You have to work for it. They mm -hmm. had to. They they hired me for um, getting the clutter cleaned up in their home, and that's another service I provide. Okay. Um, you know, helping people to organize their homes, and businesses, their spaces. Oh my gosh, I could use that. <laughs> Ooh, a lot of clutter. So we did that in their home to start with, and then we, I gave them these ceremonies, which only they can do as a couple together. Okay, you said sage, and what was that? Palo Santo. Okay, what is that? Palo Santo is this wood that comes from Peru. Okay. And um, it's a wood that has been buried inside the earth for thousands and thousands of years. When you burn it, it's it's very pleasing, it's very sweet, it's smelling, it's, it's, it has a good energy to it. So you do this as a ceremony, sage? In my home, I burn Palo Santo every single day, and it's amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So is that what your home smells like? Uh, you know, my home <laughs> smells like a lot of things. <laughs> do you have candles? I do have candles. Okay. I do. I use um, I use incenses. I use candles. I use um, I use Palo Santo. I use sage. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, pretty much all of that stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What is the 
commanding position. Commanding position in a room is basically where you are in command of the whole room, whereby you should be able to see the front door from your eyes. Okay. So if you are in an office, your commanding position would be facing the office desk towards the, uh, the front door. That is your commanding position. In the bedroom, it's again the same thing. You should be facing, you should basically be able to see who's coming from the door. You should not have your back towards the door. Okay. That is not a commanding position. Okay. Commanding position means being in command of the room, which means you should be able to see who's coming out and going out of the room. So like in the bedroom, where should your bed be facing? Your bed should literally face the door, you know, oh. and but it should also not be blocking your windows. It should also, uh, it should be a space where you're able to see who's coming in and out of the um, bedroom door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now in kitchens, for example, some people have open kitchens like you do. Beautiful open kitchen. Oh, thank you. And so the gas range can sometimes be facing, you can be facing the wall when you're cooking. And so that is not a command position. Mm -hmm. And that is a thing that I'm facing in my current new home too. So to correct that, what we just do is we put a mirror in front of the gas range or some kind of a thing that reflects what's happening in the back. So you're able to see what's happening in the back of you. Okay. And it's very symbolic. You don't have to be able to see everything that's happening, but it puts you in a command position where okay. you're able to be in command. And that basically works again with your energies to give you uh, an upper hand in situations and things and just everything overall. Okay, so you have a mirror at the stove. Yes. And so that again, symbolizes that command yes. or that you're in control. Yes, yes. So do you have a lot of mirrors in your house also? Not a lot of mirrors. Okay. okay. <laughs> Not I a lot. I remember my mom had this condo that had, she was really into like the door to floor mirrors. 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 Oh. And it was on closets and everything. And I was just like over, it's yeah. just. No, that can be very overwhelming yeah. if you have too many mirrors because then you're confusing the chi of the house. It okay. doesn't know where to go. So ideally, I would say that having, just for some corrections, and you don't even have to have a big mirror. You can just have a small, those round mirrors that you get, the sticky mirrors. Mm-hmm. You can just put that behind a picture. Okay. And on the wall. And that just does its work perfectly well. Okay. And so to extend spaces, you know, where you need an extension of an area, mirrors come really helpful. Now, that's another topic, which is a completely different episode. <laughs> you have to call me here okay. for. Back for round two. Back for round two. But um, those are the corrections that we make in the house. So okay. house could have missing pieces where it could be missing a relationship area altogether. Now, what do you do with that? You put mirrors to extend the space, and those mirrors can be really small. So what else should we know about for feng shui, like things that people could learn I think just starting out? I think um, if you, feng shui is such a, such a new concept here in the U.S. It's, mm-hmm. it's really prevalent in the um, Eastern nations in India and, and uh, China. I think one thing that everybody should know about feng shui is that it is not a myth. I think that's what a lot of people feel, including my own husband. He did not believe in feng shui for the longest time until we did feng shui for his business He's and a health. believer now. He is a total believer now. And if my, I feel like if my husband can believe in feng shui, anybody can believe in feng shui because it was, he, 
he was the hardest person to, and I did not try hard to convince him. Mm-hmm. I just did my things and he saw the changes that were happening in our household with kids, with his business, uh, with just the normal general harmony of the household. Mm-hmm. And he became a believer. Now he asks me where, where he needs to place his office <laughs> <Yes>. desk. <laughs> so now are you functioning solo or does he also participate as a consultant? No, I am all by myself. Okay. I, I work solo. We like to keep our businesses separate. <laughs> That's smart for your yes. relationship. Yes. Punctuate my... 101. Keep your businesses separate. <laughs> How can people find you or contact you? So people can find me on my um, Facebook page, which is Heaven and Earth Feng Shui. Okay. Or they can call me or text me at 612-242-2872. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's and my then business phone. Are you, where are you located in the Twin I am, Cities? I am living in Minnetonka okay. um, right now. And okay. I do service the, the whole Twin Cities area metro. And so a typical consultation, how would that look? So when people hire me, uh, we do a pre-consult, which is basically either talk on the phone or um, we meet in a coffee shop or in my home studio. Okay. Um, And then we talk about what they really need from me because there's so much feng shui can do. Um, And it can be very overwhelming to try and do all of that for both the clients and me. Mm -hmm. Um, But we talk about the areas that they, they really want to focus on. Um, and then that is our first consultation, and then I go on site, I see their household, I, I take their um, blueprint, home blueprints from them, on which I place the Bagua, and then we work from there. Okay. And then they tell me, uh, based off of what they've told me in the pre-consult, um, what they want from the, um, what they want from me, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's health, or whether it's um, problems with kids, or whether they want to get pregnant, or whether they want to <laughs> eradicate a disease. We work on those things after that. And, uh, and a feng shui consultation done well can be very, very, um, it can be very calming, it can be very soothing, it can be very, uh, it can give you that sense of accomplishment. It's, it's very good. Yeah, it sounds like it would be a really cool experience. Yeah. And Kanika's wearing very, a very colorful outfit. So is there anything on you that's feng shui? No. No. No, I just, um, I think, you know, you can wear whatever you want to wear. (laughs) You don't have feng shui clothes. Well, tell me, um, you were talking about that experience with your husband where he went into a business meeting and you told him specific things to wear and take. So can you tell us what those So, you know, and every meeting is different. You want to know what you really want to get out of a meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are focusing on getting um, uh, an account, it's, it's something different. But if you are, if you're having a meeting um, with a lawyer and, you know, or you're in a courtroom, it's, it can be a different kind of a outfit or colors or metals or, um, elements that you need to carry. Okay. So it's very individualistic to every situation. But again, in a nutshell, these things on your body can impact not only you, but the person sitting next to you. Mm-hmm. So for example, if people are um, in a courtroom, I always advise them to wear black because it prevents all the negativity coming to you. Black just blocks everything off. Oh. So, you know, you would not be affected by people lying about you in the courtroom or being really um, harassing or, you know, things can, different things can happen. My clients have gone through different things, um, but black can block all of that. And you can be more, 
insane and in focus of what you really want out of that whole meeting. Interesting. Yeah. So have you had any experiences with clients where they go into a courthouse oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and they come out clean? Yes. Well, oh so here's the deal. You can't be like a criminal and come out clean with feng shui. Yeah, yeah right. No murders. <laughs> no murders. Uh, but what you can get out of feng shui is like pending cases, mm-hmm. you know, pending divorce cases, like property stuff where people are not able to decide on uh, a property um, kind of where it should go or whatnot. So those things which have been going on for years, I've, I've actually helped two clients, uh, one for a divorce and one for a property thing, where the outcome has not been positive for one of them. Okay. But, so this is another story, but uh, for the divorce stuff, she did not want a divorce. She wanted to be in the relationship, but we did feng shui for her well-being. So feng shui will catch what's good for you in the long term. Mm-hmm. And so she was not happy with the outcome that she ended up getting, getting. the divorce. Mm-hmm. But a year later, she ended up finding the love of her life and she couldn't be happier. So That's feng shui awesome. will work in magical ways mm-hmm. where you would think that it's not working out for me right now, but it's actually the best thing for you in the long run. Awesome. Yeah. Anything that you're excited for for this year, the rest of this year or next year that's either coming up in business or your personal life that's happened through feng shui? So I am excited about starting to paint now. I make feng shui paintings. Oh, cool. And uh, so we were talking about the fish tank, which has all the elements. And now this year I'm focusing on making paintings which have all the elements in one painting. Or if somebody wants to... Um, you know, have a painting because they're going through um, health issues. So I'm making paintings for those individual uh, things now and all elements in one. So this is what I'm going to focus on this year. I am an artist any which ways, but now I'm going to... You've already done paintings, but this is specific to feng shui. But now I'm just going to focus on painting for feng shui and for my clients. Do you have any pictures of your paintings that we could like... Yeah, yeah. I have a ton. (laughs) My house is my gallery. (laughs) Do you have your own room for your paintings? I do have a studio where I paint and where I, um, which is my Zen studio for my my meditation and yoga and um, painting. But I do have paintings displayed in my house. And you said that you do Reiki I do. Okay, so that's also going to be in another episode yeah i guess i i'm really curious about that yeah. and how it works is for energy yeah i i reiki gosh i started with reiki a few years ago that was probably my first step into this world of um you know pseudosciences um but i got my master's in reiki when i was 23 wow yeah and that's so i oh did my gosh reiki. That's when it all started. This whole energy thing started appealing to me, and um, it just and when you get results out of it, mm-hmm. you tend to dig a little bit more deeper. And I kept going deeper and deeper. Yes. And it's been very gratifying ever since. Can you do like a in another podcast? Can you do like a Reiki session? Yeah. Absolutely. Or does it, is it all to. like silence? I could do distance Reiki. I could do. Okay. I can talk about Reiki, but. Okay. Um, a, a Reiki session could be um, a physical session where I can be touching the person okay. for immediate healing. Um, most of the times, most of my feng shui clients, I do Reiki for them any which ways, which is distant Reiki. Okay. So, you know, it kind of um, rolls in really well with my feng shui. 
So if somebody has health issues and I'm functioning their home for health, I'll also come back and kind of do some distant Reiki on them, which is kind of two powerful things put together. Yeah. And they work really well. That's awesome. Yeah. If you'd like to see more positive chi at home or in your office, reduce stress or create an environment with better energy, contact Kanika, owner of Heaven and Earth Feng Shui. And thank you so much for sharing all of this awesome information with us and keep spreading your positive energy. Thank you so much, Shannon, yeah, for having me Yeah, here. absolutely.